Welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after <laughs> Brighton um, finally accumulated eight goals against Liverpool over the course of three games this season. Yes, do the maths, Andy, it's right. It's eight goals. Um, I think that kind of emphasises our problem. Um, eight goals under, oh no, yeah, yeah, with the manager who's literally only through, <laughs> only through the door. Um so we'll take a look at that. We'll take a look at another, a number of other things that are all shit as well. Um, I've got Andy Bell. I've got Neil Patterson, Chief. Brighton in the FA Cup. It wasn't... Uh, do you know what's really sad about this? I came out of it feeling all right because it was nowhere near as bad as like two weeks before when they fucking annihilated us. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was decent until... I mean, it wasn't great, but it was decent at least until their fluky equaliser, which was pure fluke. And on another day, they just don't get. Um, and from then on, well, you sort of feared the worst a bit, like because because of the bad luck and because of the run we've been on. But sort of the first, first 20 minutes of the second half, we were in control pretty much. I mean, that was certainly how it was being described by the, uh, the ITV commentary team. And uh, we certainly didn't really look in any danger of conceding. Brighton didn't really create much. But, um, yeah, I mean, we then make the subs. And I think the first round of subs works. And we look a bit more energised. And we sort of, we're at our most threatening, I would say, in the second half during that sort of 10-minute period. And then, um, and then, we just drop off a little bit. I mean, Fabinho and comes then, on a lot. And then Fabinho. And then Fabinho yeah, Fabinho's on. fucking cameo, like the March of the Dead. Like, I mean, just the tackle, the face, the reaction, the freak out afterwards. Um, and then... And that wasn't even the worst thing he did on the pitch. Oh, he was just awful. Like, I mean, just everything went wrong for him. Like, I mean, he came on, he had a, he had a decent first touch, I think, and sort of beat a man, and then he just fell over. Like, and got the obviously the ball got taken off him, and you know they had a a mini counter, um, and from then on, like it didn't get any better. It just went from bad to worse. So I mean, you had him sort of casting his his shite everywhere, really, um, tarring everyone with his brush a little bit. Um, but to be fair, I mean, it's it's a, ultimately it's it's a last minute winner, and it's it's a brilliant goal. We sh- it's far too easy that it gets to him there in the first place, as we've sort of seen a few times this season. Yeah, you, but- take a, you can't you can't be able to take a ball down from a corner on the corner of the six yard box. Do you know you well, can't it, be able to take a touch there. Yeah, I don't know if it quite was. I think it was sort of a bit closer a to the, the byline. It was close and it wasn't. It was close enough, but I mean, like. You're talking it was a free kick as well, yards. if we're just being dickheads. Oh, so, all right, we're, we're okay, right, fair enough. But, like, I mean, it's two, three yards from the goal. It's three yards yeah, from the goal. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, that's, that's not very defending, but it's it's a great it's a great couple of touches and finish, you know, or touch and finish. And, you know, he's the kind of player that you're sort of looking at and you're thinking, why the fuck don't, why haven't we got him, you know? Um, he looks absolutely mint. And um, it's another one for for Brighton now. And you the know, thing I'd say about that, Chief, is like I think he's an, uh, we're talking about Matoma, yeah, yeah. I think he's an amazing player. Like I think he's a genuinely amazing player to watch. But if you watch the way they play, and they're so slick with those switches, and they switch it so quickly that he can pretty much take it on the run in a sort of like central area. If you put him in our team right now, he would look just as bad as all the rest of the wingers do. I think genuinely. That's fair because we're not moving it quickly enough, and we're not. Yeah. We don't really have a plan. They're both um, fair points, but you're but you're right. You put him in a team that if you put him in Liverpool, them's operating at its highest level where they can find a player like that in speed. The Liverpool we see in our mind, guy. Yeah. The Liverpool team were literally Alexander Arnold and Robertson were fucking pinging the ball from byline to byline, back and forth from one another, and spreading the team all over the pitch. You put him in a team like that, and I agree. There's there's genuine possibilities there. You put him in the team that we want to be and the team that we were, then you know he's going to be awesome. But ultimately, he's theirs, and it's a last minute winner. And 
it piles just a little bit more misery on top of us all. I will say that if we had got out of there with a draw, you know, people would be would be more upbeat this this week. And I'd say it was definitely, you know, added to the to the Wolves game and the Chelsea game. It was sort of more of the same of them rather than a reversion to to the pure shite we're seeing at times this season. But it's just a bit miserable, isn't it? We're out of the cup now and realistically the silverware chances for this season are pretty much dead. I know we're still in the, the big one, but yeah, you wouldn't fancy us against Real Madrid at the minute. Yeah, we'll come, we'll go on to that. <laughs> and I have varying, varying perceptions of the possibilities that tie holds. But Andy, let's just take a Brighton for a while. Um, uh, Elliot gets the goal. Fair play to him. He's pretty industrious. I'm still not sure we know how to get the best out of him or use him properly. Um, but again, performs far more effectively higher up the pitch. Um, even if it is from the other side, you know, we know there's quality there. He just seems like a little bit of a player from another time, if you want, you know, like a Roberto Baggio sort of time or whatever. But anyway, him, Bashevich in the middle. They're both they're both good. Bichette's particularly good again. And people are saying, you know, should he start? Your best midfield is probably Bichette, Thiago, and like people are talking about Elliot. Like, and that's fine. Kyra. And Ky- maybe Kaida, yeah, if it gave maybe spit. But if you're talking the, the three former that, that I mentioned, that's fine. But there's absolutely no way, no matter how good they are. That our midfield, our best midfield three should consist of what a seventeen-year-old holding midfielder and what a twenty-year-old or something, nineteen, twenty-year-old with Thiago trying to bring them two along. It's it's kind of indicative of the position that we find ourselves in. That that genuinely is the best option, which is great. We found one, but there's no fucking way that that should be where we are. No, it's. I mean, it's great we find. We're talking about this Brighton game as if it was like a, a really good performance. It was a good performance in the context of recent weeks and certainly recent weeks in the league. But like at the end of the day, Brighton probably have as good, if not better, chances than us. They probably shade the game, which don't get me wrong. If you told me on balance of play, Brighton will shade this game after what they did this other week, I'd be like, I'll take that all day long. We'll take it. You know, we'll see what we can get from it. We can see if we can get a couple of goals up. So, you know, as much as we've worked something out that's working slightly better for us at the minute and isn't absolutely horrific to watch, like Fabinho and Henderson in midfield was, like I'm still not convinced that this is anything that's going to propel us even into a, a top four race, never mind getting into the top four this season. I think what all Bacetic is offering at the minute, sorry, not that that's disrespectful, not all Bacetic is offering, but the main thing that he's offering that's making our midfield look so much better is legs, is doing the Fabinho thing of getting across the pitch, snuffing out danger, you know, he's raw. Bacetic is very raw. Either still sometimes he makes the wrong decision or tries something in the wrong areas or mistimes a tackle. Plenty of times he's getting those things right, by the way, I should add. But the main thing is he's getting across, and that's what Fabinho hasn't been able to do this season. It's what Henderson doesn't seem able to do anymore unless he's got legs around him like he did for England at the World Cup. And I think that's freeing up Thiago a little bit. And then you've got, on the other side, Naby Keita, who I thought played quite well on Sunday. But you know, if he's in your best midfield three, that's not a particularly good long-term strategy because he's going to get injured sooner rather than later. And Harvey Elliott, who undoubtedly has loads of quality, but seems like he's too slow to play as a conventional Jurgen Klopp winger long-term, but also too weak to play uh, as a conventional Jurgen Klopp centre midfielder in the long-term. Obviously, you know, those things can change more so the physicality, but we'll have to wait and see on that. He's in a weird little... A weird little situation where I can see he's got loads of quality. You know, I really do like Elliot, and I do think he's a really, really good player. And the finish, you know, is is really good. It's much harder than the two chances Mo Salah had, by the way, <laughs> which he fluffs, whereas Elliot puts it away on the right foot, I think, as well, if I'm if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. So yeah, like it was better as a team collectively. We pressed a lot better. A couple of times we forced Brighton into just kicking the ball out of play for a throw in in their own half, and I haven't seen many teams do that to Brighton this season. But 
as I say, you're always caveating at it. You're always caveating. At, Jesus, can't say that word. Caveating it. <laughs> yeah, well done. You got there. Yeah, you're always doing that with you know the fact that you know it is ultimately Brighton against Liverpool, and we're, these little small wins that we're taking. That don't get me wrong, we have to take aren't exactly the type of small wins I want to be taking as a Liverpool supporter going away to Brighton in the FA Cup. Um, and it's probably more evidence of the fall from gate, the fall from grace. Jesus, I can't speak at all. The fall from grace that we've already that we've we know about and we've known about all season. The fact that we're we're taking these small wins is as a a massive bit of encouragement doesn't particularly sit well with me long term. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Um, baby steps. Yeah, it, it is very baby steps at the minute. And Chief, that brings us to the window. So we've just discussed the midfield. We know that's the problem. I don't think it's the only problem. I don't think it's going to fix everything, but it's certainly an issue that needs to be addressed. Um We've seen, like, even something as straightforward as Jorginho for, what, 10 million for an 18-month contract to Arsenal. Why are we not involved in that conversation, given the situation that we're in at the minute? I, I, don't, I don't really understand it. I'm not talking him specifically. Well, mm. I am, but there are, there are a number of other options floating around there that are not Jude Bellingham, you know, that are not. Or if you're going to go and invest in something big in the summer, just do it now because we need it now. Enzo Fernandez was, was obviously attainable. Whether we could do that or not, I don't know. But the fact remains, we do nothing, knowing what the issue is. And we're being linked now with somebody like, as good a player as, it, as he is, N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante would fit in perfectly at Liverpool because he would be available for roughly fucking 15 league games a season. That's it. It's, if you're signing if you're signing N'Golo Kante in, in 2015, brilliant. But uh, it's a bit late now. Um yeah, I don't think I, I don't think that'll happen. Um but it's massively frustrating. Um but then we 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 knew it. We got Gakpo on the on the first day of the window, and we sort of think, "Whoa, are we going to have a big window here? We're we're going to solve our problems." Um, is he the first of many? And no, he was just the one and only. Um, so we knew we knew pretty well. Um, there were no surprises on deadline day when Liverpool didn't make a move. There were no surprises. We we knew Klopp said as much in so many words. He, he spelt it out. We will not be bringing in anybody this window. So, yeah, he, he wasn't asking you to read between the lines. Was he? No, no, there was no nuance there. Like, no. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, he said it, he meant it, and that's life. The last time this happened, I mean, this mirrors this season, practically mirroring the, the behind closed doors season. I mentioned it on the pod last week. I disagree massively on that. I know you do, but. I can I I think, understand why you're looking for differences, and at the same time, you can understand. I'm not looking for differences. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, the, the behind closed door team was uh, year was was derailed much more by injuries, but we have. I mean, at 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 the same time, it was also following the the season that we. Um, that we absolutely smashed the league, that we win, that we win the, um, that we win what 27, 26 of the first 27, and we we would have won the league in record time if the world hadn't stopped. Um, so you can sort of relate it that way as well, but not to go off too much on a tangent. It sort of mirrors it uh, in a lot of ways in the sense that we were massively short at centre back. We knew that. We sort of knew going into the season. We, we needed at least one more to be safe. We didn't do it. We got the injuries and we got them mul- in multiple players in the same in the same in that same position. We didn't make a move in January until the very, very end when we really sort of panicked and, and signed a player who never played for the club in one instance and one that got the bombed out. And um I can't really remember where he's playing now, but he went to Norwich. I don't know if he's still I there. I remember who it was. 
Quebec. Oh, I remember it was oh, Quebec. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Quebec, Quebec, Quebec. James, Quebec. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that did that didn't work out too well. He ended up actually getting bombed out, and uh, Nat Phillips played most of the end of the season anyway. And Reese Williams was playing ahead of him as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was yeah. Who, by um, the way, we've recalled from his loan. Yeah, I heard that the other day. I mean, it's deja vu, like deja vu. So we didn't do anything that in that window, and we didn't do anything in this window. The, the last time we had a plan. We had we all knew we were supposed to be getting Kanate in the summer, yada yada, and it it did happen, and it made our team much much better, and it was the right move to make. I'm just crossing my fingers, toes, and knocking on all wood that there is that this Bellingham thing is 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 signed and sealed basically, and um, they have their plan for the summer, and they know exactly what they're going to do. I know you say that. And you're probably right to a certain degree that it's not going to solve all the problems, just sorting the midfield. But I do think if you go out and sign Bellingham and two, two 40 to 50 million pound central midfielders, you're going to sort that problem. And if you do sort that problem, you sort a lot of the other problems and you work everything in around that. We've got a gaping hole in the middle of our fucking team. And just like we did when we had no centre-backs because we had to bring Fabinho and Henderson back to play at centre-back, so we had weaknesses everywhere. And it's sort of the same thing this year, and we're not getting away from it. So it's madly frustrating, and you're right. I'm sure there were potential moves that you could make, but I'm just hoping they weren't interested because they've got it boxed for the summer like they had last time. If not, then, you know, we're fucked. But at this point, I'm choosing to believe <laughs> that it's boxed. Um, you know, and you, you look at you get Chelsea running around there and throwing throwing tons of money around. Was it 400 million or 600 million or something they've spent this window? Something something mental. Um, and they're just throwing mud at the wall and hoping something sticks. You know, ultimately they're signing good players. Do they have a plan? I doubt it. Um, they're just signing whoever's whoever's there, and they're throwing as much money as they can at it. And Enzo Fernandez had a had a great World Cup, um, but that's what six games. Yeah, and we'll be Jai. Yeah, you know what I mean. That can happen. We've been stung by that before, and yeah. so have many other teams. And it, it could happen this time. You know, I how he's how any midfielder is worth 120 million uh, off the back of really off the back of six games and a half decent half season in in, ben, in Portugal. It's madness. So he may turn out to be an absolute wonder player and keep that up, but he would need to for 120 mil. Yeah, do you know what? And this is, Andy, this is actually fair. Can I just interject there quickly? You did something that was like my favourite Northern Irish quirk ever where like words like like the place Bilbao is pronounced like that because there's an A and an O at the end, not because English people are pronouncing it like how now, brown cow. You can't say Bilbao or Salif Joy. <laughs> you have to accept there's an A and an O, so it's ow. Ow, jow. 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 How now, brown cow? Stop it, right. Anyway. Hi, now, brown cow. I know, hi, now, brown cow. Um, uh, yeah, I tried to say the word tower to somebody in work the other day oh, who's from like the channel islands like tar like what like on the on the roads so i'm like no like t-a-r yeah, tar. So, obviously i'm a i'm a maths teacher over here the way we say maths just said yeah maths but i that's the only that's the only word place in which my accent softened because they just have no idea what you're on about and i said yeah. too much for people not to have any clue what i'm on about <sighs> i think everybody's probably bored of this especially me but anyway right <laughs> Um, so this is I think there's I feel like it's a fucking stupid signing right for the amount of money it might not be but there's every chance that it is Enzo Fernandez. but what it's actually done potentially it's a bit it's not obviously not quite Neymar for 250 million but it's fucking shafted the market so where does that put us now? How much did Anthony Gordon go for? 40 million? 40 mil. 40 mil. Right. So what are we talking about now for a player? 
that's a reduction on last. He was, he was they were talking about fifty mil in the summer for him. So I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, I feel like a we've shafted ourselves here. But I think the other thing, Andy, that's kind of relevant to this is that we haven't done what we expected or what we hoped or what we knew we need in the transfer window. But the fact of the matter is we're being shown up a little bit by City and Chelsea. Like City are just able to fuck Jared Cancelo off. But it, there's no real repercussions there. Just don't go out and buy somebody. You know, it's fine. We've got them all. We've bought them all. They're sitting there waiting in the wings. Chelsea are running to our rounds like ridiculous amounts of cash on ridiculous bears, some of which I've never even heard of before. You know, um, and this is completely against the basically the vision that FST were sold. They sold to themselves and they were coming into the Premier League where financial fair play was something that was there to be adhered to. And they looked at themselves and they thought, we don't need to be the richest club. We just need to be the biggest brand. And they didn't foresee Chelsea being able to come in and just rip things up throw all sorts of money at it, which made it impossible to compete. City the same in a very, very more strategic way um, in making it seem a little more, I don't want to say legal, but palatable. But, you know, and you know where I'm going with this, right? The thing is, those two have a very specific MO on why they want to succeed, and it goes way beyond football. We know what... We, we know what... Um, City's owners are using that club for, and they are using and exploiting that club. Your man, Bowley, just seems like an absolute head case who's in it for a complete vanity project. Um, potentially going through a midlife crisis, I don't know. But FSG are looking at that and they're like, this is not what we signed up for. And we are not prepared to throw massive amount of cash that take ourselves into a deficit with this business in order to keep up with these people because it's just not worth it. Yeah, first of all, I slightly disagree with the um, city being more palatable or, or more legal, I think. Um, I was in- trying to be like diplomatic for the sake of like um, not being sued and shit like that. But yeah, we can well, go into... You can sue me. I've got no fucking money. So, uh... All right. But I mean, like, I mean, like a li- they're, they're a little bit more... They dress it up a little they're bit more. They're more strategic less, in, the, in the recruitment, little, but they're no, I mean, I they're mean, more they're illegal less, than what Chelsea are doing. No, but they're less yeah, but they're blatant. Better at, they're at, less blatant. They, yeah, they're less blatant. They do it a bit more under the radar. They, they at not, least cook the books a bit. Honestly, like Chelsea's a, Chelsea is a is a basket case of a club, and there's absolutely there doesn't seem to be any sort of strategy to the players they're buying. But you have to remember the date of a transfer ban for two years with brought nobody in. And they have actually made quite a bit of money in sales. So when you actually compare City's accounts to, my, uh, to Chelsea's accounts, and let's not forget, the only reason City went banned from the European Cup for two years was because it just kept hiring and hiring and hiring lawyers to the extent where, like, whatever time frame that um, that that they could have been punished for just ran out because they frustrated the process for that long. That's the only reason that they that, that they were reinstated. Whereas Chelsea seemed to be, okay, they're... they're, they're um, playing the system a little bit with the whole amortization thing of eight year contracts and spreading the costs and blah 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 and that may well come back to bite them in the arse in fact it probably will let's be honest well, that's what you that's what Juventus have been fined and docked 15 points for exactly that well there's, 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 as far as I can see there's nothing actually illegal about it because they've only just um, they've only just brought in the, the rule where no matter what what the length of the contract you have to spread the transfer fee over five years in the books a maximum of five years in the books so, um, so you it's know. about it's about it's about players worth though. What is a player actually worth? Don't want to get into it, but yes. Anyway, relating it back to our, like our situation and how we're just not prepared to do anything to kind of challenge that. Yeah, I'm not sure. We've talked about our strategy at length in this on this podcast, and we know we'll always re- wait for the right player. It seems as if we've been re- waiting for that right player for. Two or three years in the midfield now. I mean, I think it's ever since the um, ever since the Navi Keita signing. I think we've only really signed one midfielder, and that's Thiago over the four and a half years. Obviously, not including Arthur Mello. Um, I suppose Chamberlain as well. Who's you know whether you can him as a midfielder. I know, I know, Chief certainly doesn't. He was there well before Thiago. 
Timberland, yeah, Timberland, yeah, sorry. Timberland's an early, early. No, 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 no. I'm saying apart from Thiago, we have, um, in the four and a half years, Thiago's the only one we've signed. So I'm trying to work yeah, out yeah. if Chamberlain fits within the four I and a half the, years. I think, before, I think before, before Thiago, I think Fabinho was the last one. Yeah. So, so, so you're, talk, you're talking literally four and a half years there. And no matter what, you can't tell me that, that there wasn't uh, people sitting down talking about the succession plan of this team and talking about the succession plan of the midfield, even when they were at their peak with that Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner and Fabinho um, all in the middle. You can't tell me there was no, that people sat there and thought over the next four and a half years we'll just sign Thiago and we'll be absolutely fine in four and a half years' time. You know, something's gone wrong somewhere. Whether they, obviously we know they tried to get too many. We know they're trying to get Bellingham, but it's another one where we're seeing putting all our eggs in one basket. We don't really know what the crack is with that, you know, I'd, I'd like to think we're becoming, up. we're becoming less and less of an attractive prospect as every week goes by. Yeah, I think there's that. But then there's the point Stephen Gerrard made as well, where he was, it's a 60,000-seater stadium. It's one of the best managers in the world. It's a team with European pedigree and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like look at the players Man United signed in the Champions League. I know they're lashing out massive money, uh, and I know we're not, but, you know, I don't know. Anyway, we'll have to wait and see until the summer, and then we can have like a real sort of chat about it. I think if we sign Bellingham now, even sign two midfielders now, I still don't think we'd make it in the Champions League. So it's, it's, it's the, it's that sort of risk. You, you, you um, or so that sort of balancing act that you have to, you have to weigh up in your own head. So, yeah, I don't even really know what much more I can say about the whole thing. It's, it's depressing. It's you know endless streams of money for. Two certainly endless streams of money for two clubs, um, and then Chelsea, who are, are just what is it, one and a half billion they have to spend on the, on the playing squad. That was one of the conditions of the of the ownership. So, you know, it, it's un- millions, isn't it? Yeah, it's unlikely that. Let's be honest, it's unlikely that we're going to continue being able to keep up with these clubs in the current climate. Um, is there any other way of keeping up with these clubs other than going down the sports washing route? I'm not sure. Um, we've done it with probably being the best drug and club over the last four or five years, not including this year, not including the whole shakeup in the structure. We've done it by being one of the best run clubs, but also having this like arguably the best manager in the world as well. So, you know, and even then we've only won one out of five Premier League titles against Man City. So you know, that's what we've had to do to compete. We've had to be the best at every other facet of the game, not including spending money. And the revenue and all, all stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's hard to see what what the future is with the way the market's going, with the way these owners are are treating football clubs, and with going back to the Spurs Shankly statement, the lack of regulation and the lack of a stringent and rigorous fit and proper person test for you can take over clubs in this league. I think it was Chief rightly said in the pod last week. You know, ultimately they'll find a way. They'll find a way of getting this money in because they want the money. Um, so we can have a sort of existential discussion, but there's there's enough in the present to be miserable about before we even think about that. Yeah, loads, loads. Um, Chief, arguably one thing we got right, and this is going to sound very, very strange, but I've been thinking about this a lot recently. A lot of our woes have been put down to losing Sadio Mane. Lost Sadio, what a difference he makes. He's turned the team from like multiple, like literally this much from a quad. And I'm doing things with my hands that people can't see, but like it's a tiny space between the thumb and the finger to fall off a cliff, which is ridiculous. But anyway, the other side of the coin is, which I'm starting to think more and more, is Mane is probably one of the transfers that we actually got right. And we should be doing more of that. We should be selling players when they are at their most marketable. Coming into that late 20s, 30s, early 30s mark, getting a reasonable fee, 30, 40 million, and reinvesting that in like a Gakpo or a Diaz. Not fucking both of them, but that's another discussion. But do you know what I mean? We, 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 uh, this kind of comes into the loyalty sort of thing or, or whatever you want to talk about, but. Do you not think that we should have been a little bit more ruthless with the kind of let the players' legs go with somebody else's club? 
Because Mario, are your are your thoughts the same as mine on on what we do with or what we did with Sario? Yeah, because he, he we went to Bayern Munich and he's not pulled up any particular trees there, and then he got a. Well, he's been injury. injured for a lot of the yeah. time. And then he just got a big injury just before the World Cup, a couple of weeks before the World Cup. And um, they've only just restarted. So I don't know if he's... I uh, haven't, haven't followed it, but I know Bayern have drawn their last three games and there's only three points separating the top five in the Bundesliga at the moment. Um, so they're not, you know, they're not miles ahead as they often are at this point. I mean... I suppose it could be argued that it's more than the on-pitch stuff. It's, it's you know, the presence around the training ground and the atmosphere and, you know, how you get on with the other players and how many, how much he's missed and yada, yada. But ultimately, I, I agree with you. I think it was the right time. Uh, and I think we would have been... I don't necessarily think that we weren't planning to, to sell some players on at the quote-unquote right time. But I think we missed the boat on a couple of them. <laughs> Fabinho being an absolute case in point. I don't think anybody expected his legs to drop off in the way that they have or expected his, his game just to go completely to pot in the way I that saw it a year. I saw it a year ago, over a year ago now. I just know and we should have fucking done it in the summer. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. And it was mentioned, I think, uh, on, on another podcast. I think maybe the Anfield Rap. Um I think somebody on. I think somebody on. I think maybe Neil Atkinson was it. Somebody mentioned that you know picked out Fabinho quite a while ago, but off you know to be fair, he went on and played a full season um, uh, in a team that did what it did last year. So he can't have been that bad. See, he might the thing been... is on Fabinho though. Like Dave, you say we should have done it in the summer. If we did it in the summer and we went into the season with Henderson and Bajcetic as our options at number six, everyone would be going fucking mental about this, the planning for this season. You're on mute. Uh, I know that, but what and you've got next season is, people will be doing the same. Fine. If we go what into next got... season, as we may well do, with Bicetic as our number one and our Henderson, and I think being our number two, people will be people will be going fucking Hold mental on. if that Three season seconds. goes wrong. Three anyway. The point the point here is, you've got that money to reinvest in the summer for somebody who's yeah, 23, 24, 25. Him. You replace him. You replace him with the wages that you're saving on the salary and the transfer fee that you brought in. Do you know what I mean? That but we would have needed. We would have needed to be absolutely on point with that. I don't think we're getting much money for him, by the way. The way it's all oh, worked. No, we're not, but in we're fucking, looking to get 20 million for him. In no. the summer is a different story, though, because people but, haven't caught on to it yet. But if he, awesome, if he, for example, kicks on again next season, say that he is just one that's been absolutely busted by last season and whatever, and have, he's just had a kid and, and whatever, but he gets his head right, his, you know, his, his, his energy comes back, and he can play on, you know, he can sort of hit the levels again next season. That's one thing. But I don't think anybody expected his, his legs to fall off at the age he is. And um, given the way that he also hung in there and played last season, add to the fact that there wasn't, there was no fucking, there was no off-season or pre-season last season. We finished our Champions League final was, what, the last day of May? And the, 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 the season has started again at the end of July. So he's playing in the Champions League final, you know, and he and he's in everybody's first choice team for the Champions League final. And in in the space of that sort of three months, his legs fall off and nobody expects that to happen. So I think that, that perhaps on somebody like him, maybe being caught on the hop. Henderson is a difficult one because he's the club captain. Club sort of liked having him, having him around and whatever, but we all know we, we were short in that area in the summer and we could have sold Fabinho and, you know, signed, but we still would have needed to sign minimum two midfielders there. And we, you know, as, as we all know, we didn't sign any. So, you know, there was that plan to get too many in. And I think when that, when that sort of bubble burst, I think, you know, they've gone all in on, on the Bellingham thing and, and you hope that they've got that sorted, but, you know when you know as well as I do when when they do that they they're not for budgeting they're not gonna they're not gonna spend any money on anyone else they're not gonna look at anyone else um, and on your sort of last point about not not keeping up I think you're absolutely right they, they, this is not the game they got involved in and they can see states and mad billionaires taking over clubs and they're going 
we we can't fund this. We can't we can't play in this in this league. So that's why the the clubs up for sale or they're looking for investment or whatever it is, you know, because they they know they can't fund it and they don't want to. They don't want to you know be footing the whole bill for it. So that's why we are where we are. Everything's kind of conspired in a way against us somehow, or we've been we've been asleep at the wheel in a way. Yeah, I think both I think both things have probably gone against us. There, there are situations which are beyond our control. I think we could have reacted better. Is yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Andy, just bringing it to all right. Champions League is like it's really the only thing left on the table that is winnable. To say it's winnable is, I know people might laugh, but like, I mean, technically, it's the only competition we're still in, right? Now, you and I have very different thoughts over over a draw against Real Madrid. I would have preferred Manchester City. Um, because, and I know we can't draw them at this point, can we? We couldn't even have drawn them anyway. Even if yeah, we oh no, we couldn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but they're a team that we have shown we can beat. Even when we're not very good, we can still beat them. Um, even when they're considerably better than us, we've still managed to beat them, pull out results and big results like like three nils and things. Madrid, to me, I know they're nowhere near the best version of themselves, but I've seen Madrid teams nowhere near the best version of themselves win. And last season, they're not the best Madrid team we've ever seen, but somehow they managed to get over the line time after time after time. When they get when they get a bit of luck, they capitalize on it. They put their foot on the opposition's throats and they strangle them when they sense that weakness. Um, they have big players that have big performances at the right time because they fucking have that sense of responsibility um, and mentality. And we have come undone against it twice in two Champions League finals. Both, you would say, unjustly. Do you know? So, yeah, they're not the best, but I, to me, I think they're the most likely team to put us out, if that makes sense. I know what you're saying. I disagree. I, 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 Man City I are an in, That's why I asked you. Man City are an infinitely, infinitely better football team than this Real Madrid team. They're a million miles better on the pitch, and I understand what you're saying. And that's your question. Be, this this Madrid. If Madrid drew City, who would you think would win the tie? City would. City would win. They were really? Real okay. Madrid were so lucky to beat them last season. It was unbelievable. And I know and this is awkward because we're literally just uh, repeating what we've been sending each other in voice notes, like they are before the podcast. But my sort of take on it is like, yes, these things do matter. These. The, the quote-unquote DNA of the competition, um, the winning mentality, the being there, done it, the experience, these all matter and matter to a significant proportion. But the difference, you know, between Real Madrid having all that and Man City being just an infinitely better football team, they can they can be the most heartless robotic team in the world and I still think they'd, they'd murder us over two legs at the minute, Man City. And I know obviously we beat them earlier this season, but we haven't really shown that level of, we're anywhere near that level of performance ever since, including a game we had against Man City. So, you know, we can talk about Real Madrid having this pedigree and yes, they're not the best team, but they won it last season and they found a way to win it last season. And that is true. But they didn't find a way to win it in 2019, 2020 and 2021. It's not like Real Madrid win the Champions League every single year, regardless of the fact that they're not the best version of themselves. They're nowhere near the team they were when they won three Champions Leagues under Zidane. And, you know, okay, yes, last season, I think some of it was all the things you mentioned. I think a hell of a lot of it is luck to come through you know, two 90th minute goals against Man City. You're talking, you're you're talking serious, serious luck there. Even in the final, serious luck. And I know it's a big performance from Courtois in the final. And I know it's a big player at a big moment to tip the man they shot under the post rather than tip it into the net. But ultimately, these are these are such fine margins, which I think are more luck and more the way the cookie crumbles rather than anything else. And I'm sure they play a little bit of a part, but I'm not sure they play a massive part. All that said, I still think they're going to fucking beat us. Don't get me wrong. I still think they're going to beat us. However, I don't think it's any, by any stretch, by any stretch at all, the worst draw. Um, And if we can sort of focus on it and prioritize it, 
and maybe we do have a Jota back or a Firmino back or a Van Dijk and a Canate back. You know, all the things we say Real Madrid have in the competition, we have as well on our day. We have Anfield. We have the history. We've got the the romance of that tournament too. Um, so you just never know. But yeah, if we were playing Man City, I'd be writing it off. Or if we were playing even PSG, I'd probably be writing it off. I don't think I, I think we've got half a chance against Real Madrid. Oh, I'm totally the opposite. Um, Chief, your thoughts? I, um, yeah, yeah, I'd be naturally inclined to agree with you there, Dave, because it's it's exactly the same as the Champions League final last year or the Champions League semi last season. In the 90th minute, I'm going, yes, looks like we've got City in the final and I fancy us. And then Madrid do what they do and you're like, oh, fuck. And so it transpired. Um, they they know how to beat us. Yeah, I think the other thing as well that Andy mentioned is, you know, are they the team that, that Zidane won three, uh, three in a row? Did he win three in a row, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Three in a row under... No, they're not. But I think we were all sitting back and let's be real, really honest, we were not lauding Zinedine Zidane as some sort of fucking managerial genius. In fact, we were asking questions, how is this team able to do this? But they were Absolutely. able to do it. They weren't, winning. they weren't winning leagues at the time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. And the other thing as well is the reason they were able to do what they did last year is because of those three. Back to back to back. Champions League that they won, that has reinforced their belief and just pure, like it's, it's pure fucking arrogance in that competition, mm-hmm. you know? And that's this what is our competition. Worth. Yeah. And we feel like that because we've won it six times or seven times, is it six? Six. But um, close to being seven, but it wasn't quite. But, um, but they've won it however many times, even if you take away the ones that when they were basically inviting teams to play. I mean, they've still won it more times than anyone else. And that hat-trick of victories, uh, will, as, as you say, goes a long way towards absolutely sort of casting that in iron uh, in their minds and in the psyche of the club. I just don't fancy it. Um, having said that, you know, Andy's right in the sense that they're, they're not in great shape in La Liga. I, th- I think obviously they're still up there at the top or in the top couple. But you know they've um, they drew at the weekend against Sociedad. Um, they've had a couple of sort of iffier results, but none of that really matters in this competition. And they've, they've won. So I'm, I'm really I think Ronaldo, for example, won two La Liga titles with Real Madrid, mm. and. I think they've won one since he left. Is that right? Yep, something like that. That's three. So, ti- that's three titles. In like yeah, but that's years. against one, like in an era of the greatest team ever to play football, arguably. Uh, for, for, that's for not the Barcelona. That's to, that's five Andy, points ahead of them today. Only for Andy, half of that. Andy, for half of that, we're talking yeah. fifteen years here. We're talking since we're talking since Ronaldo signed for Barcelona when he was twenty fucking four or something. Do you know? Yeah. For half of it, and they have failed to perform domestically, but but even right the way up to twenty what twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, Luis Enrique won it with Barcelona. It was still a, it wasn't Guardiola, it wasn't yeah, but it was still a Barcelona team that won a treble. Yeah, Luis Enrique won it with Barcelona. It wasn't, it wasn't fucking, you know what, two thousand twelve. It wasn't it's a million times outside. better Barcelona team than that. That's five points ahead of Real Madrid today. That Barcelona team, like talk about basket cases of a club and decision making and fair. how they run. It's fair, brutal. But that, but that, but that Real Madrid team was still able to go and win a Champions League. Yeah. So yeah, chief look, and I think you know if if put it like this, if Liverpool beat Madrid in in the in the next round, if we do manage to get through, all of us are going to be sitting thinking, right, we can win, we can win it. It, it's that simple, yeah. So, so that's the level that that they are, whether in reality or just in our minds. But we will all think if we go and knock Madrid out, right? This is ours. Let's go and get it done. And um, and that's the point. So if we can put a patchwork sort of team together and or as strong a team as possible against them in the first leg, and sort of not not get blown out of the tie. Then we have a chance 
you know, in the return leg because most of our players, well, a lot of them will be back. Jota will certainly be back. Uh, Diaz has a chance of being back. Um, you, you know, you hope the midfield's a little bit back in order. Virgil's definitely back. Kanate will be back, yada, yada, yada. So you're looking at a much stronger team going there. But, yeah, we need a change in fortune. We need a change in, in mentality. We've been quite good in the Champions League. And perhaps that is because it because it is a slightly different style of football and maybe a distraction as well. A little distraction, a little bit less relentless, and and you know maybe the players feel there's, there's a burden slightly lifted when they're playing those games. So it's not beyond the realms, but it's you know it's a massive game, and I don't like playing Real Madrid. I mean, there are yeah. teams that you just don't like playing, and and they're one of them. I mean, we can remember the time. That we knocked them out of the of the Champions League and but and, and oh. it is the time, isn't it? Like you know what I mean. The time, the, the time. time. And we 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 we've come up against them a few times. In uh, we came up against them in the Rogers season. It, um, Ronaldo we got, scored a fucking wonder goal. Yeah, and we got battered. Well, we got beat twice. We, we got hammered at Anfield, absolutely destroyed. Four one. I don't, I don't even. What, what was it? Four one. I'm pretty you sure know, it was four one. The British absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Destroyed. And that, you know... So that, much so that Rodgers played a, a League Cup team against them in the Bernabeu. He played the kids, if you remember. Dropped yeah. Stevie G and yeah. all the rest of it. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, they've, they've beaten us in two finals recently and they knocked us out in the fucking pandemic season as well. I told you this mirrors them in, in the same round. This mirrors that fucking season. So... No, very good. Very good. Okay. All right. Um... Andy, he's mentioned a number of players potentially on their way back there. Um, is there so? If you could pick one player to be fit for the weekend against Wolves, one player you feel would make the biggest difference. Who are you picking to drop into the side? Um, Jota. I think Jota's going to come back and make the biggest biggest impact. Um, yeah, you know it's weird. It's like nearly actually a year since he last scored for Liverpool. Um, because he sort of he sort of came back. He was a bit off form second half of last season. I don't think he was fully fit. And then he's just had sort of injuries outside of that. And when he's come back, it's only been for a few games before he's injured again. So it's actually near, nearly a year since he last scored. But if we can get that Jota back, who scores so many important goals, so many goals at 0-0, at 1-0, at 1-1, at 2-1, just that nippy little intense player, not the quickest over 40, 50 yards, but um, so direct, explosive. Though, Explosive, direct, gets in the right areas, so intelligent, good in the air, good finisher. You know, I think he could just sort of be that little bit of spark that we need up front right now. Um, so I would love to have him back, especially for the versatility of left wing through the center. You know, left wing. Whatever. Well, fucking everybody in the te- half a team can play fucking left wing. Yeah, that was the most left wing the football club's ever been. But um uh yeah, I think. With Diaz right now, Diaz is like a little bit of a luxury player. I do, you know, he does certainly get stuck in. He, he, he kind of presses really well, but he's one of those players where if things, um, you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be at his best when you've when you're when the team's at their best. And no, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think he, I think he is a bit, I think he's a bit continual where he is. He is what I would describe, and I don't think you can too many of these players in your squad. He is a match winner. And yeah, see, he is. Like, the goals against Palace, the goals against Spurs, where he conjures something out of nothing when nobody else is able to do anything. But in those in those games, I think we've I think we've like a little bit more of a threat and a little bit more control than like like we weren't playing that badly at the start of the season as well. We no, 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 Brentford totally, no, totally, totally. Whereas I, I think Jota might have made a slight like a little bit of a difference in some of those in in a couple of those games. Where I'm not, I think Diaz wouldn't have. Now he is he is a little bit Jared asking that he can pull something out of nothing sometimes, but I do think he benefits a lot more from a like a fluid and a a, a working system of a front three than yeah. Jota than Jota. I needs. don't disagree with that. I would also say though that Diaz is the player that other teams want to go and double up on. And that creates yep. space, is what yep. that does. He's a player that creates space simply by his ability and how he plays the game. Yeah, don't you know? I absolutely love Lewis Diaz, and he's amazing. Um, is like, but like, um, Diaz isn't my answer, by the way. Just who's yours, Origi? <laughs> um, no, I, I, 
I feel like the best we've played this season when we've been the best version of ourselves is when Firmino okay. started. Yeah. And I, I feel like so when you talk about transition and transition and certainly the different style and certainly with new players. Um this and I wanted to talk about players that we have like held on to. Um for all the criticism, Ferguson did that. Ferguson did it with Scholes, with Giggs, with Park, with Fletcher, beyond all fucking reason, um, because there was value beyond the pitch that he saw in that, and in, in allowing transitions to happen, having those senior players that were able to instill the beliefs and bring the players along. Um, but the best I've seen us play this season is with Firmino, and I feel like that's I feel like that's the half measure between where we were and what we're trying to do. And he's was able there, to bridge that gap. I think he helps was the midfield as well, dropping in, unlike how Nunez plays. This is the other Creates thing. a much bigger gap. Yeah. But was there talk that uh, that I see earlier, someone dropped in the chat, that Virgil and Bobby trained? Yeah, this is what actually thought I, this is what actually um, made me think to have this conversation, yeah. So, I mean, to what extent? Like, full team training or, or just back in light training or... I didn't see. Just didn't training. see. I mean, I, so. I heard somebody say it's still a couple of weeks, even yeah. after this photos came out. But you don't but know. There are, there are, for there me, are, it was supposed yeah. to be back for Brentford. It was supposed to be a three-day oh, thing. So that's a, that's a standard. What he got there was a dual matup injury. Is what he got. Yeah. Out for three weeks I, for two months. We yeah. have a lot of them though. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> he seemed to pick up a lot of those. Have. Yeah, injuries yeah. that just won't go away. So I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, either of those. Any of those, Bobby, Jada, Diaz. If you had any of those to drop into the the team on 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 Saturday, is it Saturday? It is Saturday, three o'clock, isn't it? So it, you know, it would improve you. <laughs> it would improve you no matter what. Um, if you had one of those to to use either from the start or off the bench, I mean, it's yeah. going to improve you massively. And you, what do you think about Saturday at three o'clock, then, Chief? I think we can. Forts uh, of the blackout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> 3 p.m. blackout. Everybody hit the libraries. Yeah, and the streaming sites are all down, aren't they? I hope so. A lot of them, a lot of them got knocked out for the World yes. Cup. Like, I mean, a couple of the ones that I w- would have used are no longer in operation. So I'm, you're going to have to, you know, look hard for a decent one. But um, in Wolves, our side we've beaten recently, so I think that gives us confidence. One of the few. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of the few, but we have done it, and uh, we played them twice recently and, and not lost. We beat them at, at their gaff in the return leg of the, uh, the replay of the cup, and I think we can go there and do the same thing. Um, they are better under Lopetegui, but they still don't have many goals in them, and uh, I think we, you know, we should be able to do enough and draw on the on the sort of you know, positive feeling from having gone there and, and beat them the last time. Um, you've got to go and you've got to beat them. And, and you certainly can't lose because they are going to be in the in the sort of bottom six in the league this season, I would say. Um, they're not they're not a particularly great team. They've got some good players, but they're missing players in key areas, particularly up front. Yeah, they're um, missing a the, spark, aren't they? They're missing any sort of creativity whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Um, they've got one or two handy players, one or two sort of nippy players that might grab a goal against you, like a pole dance or something like that. But yeah, we should be, we should have enough. I really think we should have enough, particularly after six, seven days or six days since since Brighton. <clears throat> um, you hope that the slow baby steps of evolution sort of continue <laughs> and um, we can get out of there with, with some points because, you know, it's got to be bearable. You, like I said at the beginning, you can't afford too many shitty results in a row. You've got to punctuate these these dark times with the odd win. And I think this is a great chance to get one and it'd be nice to get one because we've got the derby coming up and we talked before about how Everton I've really got nothing to offer and Sean Dyche has got nothing to work with, but I don't, they will get some kind of points. Do you know what I mean? They'll get some kind of fucking points and I can't be arsed with us going into that game and, and, and doing what we did the year we lost at Anfield to them. Yeah. I think the difference there is Sean Dyche is a manager who knows what he's doing. 
Lampard. Well, he, he, he saw that he know he knew. No, what, he, he knew. what I mean is, what I mean is, see, he knows what he's doing. He has a very fucking. Oh yeah, he, he'll idea. know what he wants. What he wants to do. Whereas yeah. Lampard, Lampard, like one minute it's fucking bipolar behavior. Like you don't need to talk with him. He's the most erratic manager ever. Honestly, he just hasn't got a clue. The players are all shit. They're all crap. They can't. They, and then it's like, oh, the referee's fucking terrible. We should have won that game. We didn't get what we did. Honestly, like, this is the thing. I, I, I admire his honesty to a degree, but it's kind of, it's, it's the reason why other managers aren't honest because that is what they say on the cameras. It's for the players. It's for the players. Ferguson did it all the time. He was the, he was a fucking genius at it. Ferguson would make an absolute cunt out of himself more times than enough to make sure that the players didn't come under scrutiny, to distract, to deflect, and, you know... Klopp does. I mean, Klopp does the same. Klopp does the same. same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. And the best managers um, do, but Lampard's not cut out for management. Nah, he's only, he's he's only in the game because, because of his name. And yeah. he's only got the chances he has because of his, because of his playing career and because of his name. And... You know, any any club that takes a punt on Frank Lampard now, good fucking luck to you. Yeah, um, I was just really happy Everton did, to be honest. Yeah, that, me that's... too. It's exactly what they needed because he's put them in the position they're in today. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, Andy, just to finish off on Wolves at the weekend then, um, I go, give me an 11. What do you think? Oh, um Wish I thought about this, right? So, I know, and give me an eleven, right? So, give me your eleven because I think we would be remiss not to discuss the the weird Nunez coming off the bench, and we know Klopp isn't adverse to like moving people around when someone comes off the bench. He fucking does it with Elliot all the time, you know. Um, but Nunez off the bench and just going to play out the left and leaving Gakpo in the middle. When it was, it's like the very obvious. He did the same as Chelsea. No, I know that's what I mean. Two games, two, it's, it's yeah. twice. Yeah. I, think it, I think they do the same this week, but it won't be. Well, that's, well, that's what I mean. So I'm interested to think what what the manager will do and and what his logic is behind it. I don't know really because we haven't seen an awful lot from Gakpo and Gakpo in the center right now that suggests that there's an awful lot of or suggests that there's something I would be doing to keep playing him through the center. It's, it's this thing that we said about Harvey Elliott. He's not quick, so you can't really see him playing on the wing from what we know from Jurgen Klopp wingers. Um, but we've got a hell of a lot of players like that. And then it begs the question that people are going on about on Twitter over whether a more possession-based style of football is coming into Liverpool, whether Pep Linders is having too much influence, blah, blah, blah. And only time will tell on that. Um, but I, I think I would certainly revert to Nunez through the middle and Gakpo on the left. I mean, it's one of these things where... You, you, you name an arbitrary 11 and put them in arbitrary positions and then everyone just sort of changes about anyway and Nunez and Gakpo would be the, the, the um, what's the word, the very definition of that really um, in terms of interchange between those two positions. Yeah, but it also drastically changes the way you play based on who is in what position. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You will have Gakpo dropping in, making the making the. He's never small. started with Nunez on the left, has he? I'm not sure. Like he, did, he, never, that, he did that but, three but up front against. Um, yeah, but he's never had. But he's never had. He's never had Gakpo when he's in the option. Yeah. yeah. Um. But he's had Firmino. Yes. So he has. He's, he's he's never. I don't think he's ever started with Nunez on the left. He's done that weird thing. We did two up front at Ajax and it seemed to work. And people said Nunez on the left, but you know they all move right anyway. So especially with Elliot's position, it's hard to know whether he's on the right or in the centre midfield. So I would go. I would go Nunez in the middle, Gakpo on the left, Salah right. I don't think he'd do that. I think he's going to persist with this whole Gakpo thing through the middle. And I've seen stuff from Gakpo where I think, yeah, I, I can see that there's a, definitely a player in there. You know, he turns and uh, and takes him forward at the weekend and bursts away from the defender. I think his dunk has to pull him back in the end. He's just completely done by him. Yeah. Um, and there's times there's a player there there's no doubt 100 there's like there's times where he's just like a wall pass we can just hammer a ball into him and he'll make a little flickering manipulate the ball and get it into a decent position and uh, for the next player it's just obviously not quite come off from yet and a couple of wild shots have probably exacerbated that a little bit um i think you have to go gomez matip at the back i think we think we have gomez and matip available don't we yeah I think so. um 
You tempted to say lashing a, a Samikas in, but again, we've had a week from the last game. We've got you a week until the next what's one. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I thought he played well in the last game against Wolves is the other thing. <laughs> and he's one of the few that didn't actually retain their place from that game. So there might be a meritocracy thing there. I don't know. Um, but as I say, because it was a week from the last game and a week to the next game, he'll probably not do that. Obviously, you want Robinson, you certainly game, want Robinson um, fit for the... Uh, the Real Madrid game, Alisson keeps his place. And your midfield, Pacheric plays, Thiago plays, and um, yeah, probably let probably let Naby Keita go again. I think he probably deserves it slightly more than Elliot at the moment, given that Elliot's had a lot of chances this season in a lot of different positions. And even though he's playing well, um, I think away in the Premier League, I'll, yeah, I'll probably slightly favour Keita, but it wouldn't be first to Elliot. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do Harvey any any harm just to, to drop to the bench for a game. As you I say. can't I can't see a world where Harvey Elliott start does not start in the front three. No, I can't see a world where Harvey Elliott start in the front three. So who do you think drops well, out now? Because Nunez is fit now. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Darwin comes back in and I think he does persist with, with Gakko in the middle. I wonder is he just because he, he has played predominantly from the left in, in Holland uh, or in the Netherlands and I just wonder is he just getting him a bit a bit more used to playing in the centre rather than this idea that he's going to be the Firmino replacement or he's that's gonna be his sole position. I just wonder is he just giving him a few games in there just to you know, you're gonna have to do this from time to time. We wanna get something going, you're gonna have to learn how to link up with Mo. Um we want you to be interchangeable. We don't just want you on the left. I wonder is it is it a little bit of that? Yeah, but, I, I kinda I kinda feel like Chief that this is I, I feel like this is a long term plan, which is why he's persistent with it when it's obvious. Yeah, I think it is long term in the you, sense you've that, got he's literally he's literally playing playing Nunez out the left instead mm-hmm. of through the middle at Jacko's expense. And but he's done Jota, that before. He's, yeah, he's but, had, but, Chief, but Chief, you've got Jota to play from the left and you've got Diaz to play from the left. Jota can play from the middle. As well, that's that's the point. Jota, oh, yeah. Jota was was not signed to, to play from the left. I mean, the problem is we've sort of signed a few players that we kind of wanted to play in the middle, but they're more comfortable playing from the left. So, Dave, you think Elliot starts left wing? I I think right. if you've got if you've got that side and Darwin Nunes is fit, properly fit, he's been back now a few games. He's had a couple of substitute appearances. You you do want to keep playing Gakpo, and you're not going to drop Salah. I think you have to play that front three. I just think you have to. And I think I if you don't and you don't win, then serious fucking questions are going to start coming your way. You've spent 80 million on this guy. Stop leaving him on the bench. Do you know I what might not even be the worst thing either? Sorry, just a quick one. Like we've talked about Elliot or Kate on the, on the right-hand side of that midfield. Jordan Henderson's had a couple of weeks off now. He actually had a bit of an impact when he came on at the weekend. He brought a bit of intensity and press into the place. It wouldn't shock if he just went with Henderson. Right, so you know what? I, I think he'll do the back four as discussed. I think he'll do Thiago, Bichette, Henderson, and I think he'll do Elliot Nunez, Salah. Hmm. Elliot Nunez, you think he'd drop Cody? Gakpo? Yeah. He's been, well, he hasn't, he, 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 he has started every game since he's come in. Mm-hmm. It might be the right time to take him out. I don't know how many games he would have started had um, Nunez been fit. Now Nunez has. So I, I think that's what I just I can't see I can't see how that conversation goes with Elliot to say you're not starting the day, kid. Klopp has obviously got a real soft spot for him. He gets yeah, it's it, it, kind it, of annoying soft spot though. And you know it has there has to be there has to be a line. He shoehorns him in, Chief. He shoehorns him in. He does. He does. So so yeah, I I think that's what Klopp does. I'm not saying I agree with it. I just trying to think trying to get in the manager's head here. Yeah, Which, no, I can I can see a world. I wouldn't be shocked in, if you see that team sheet, but I just um, I just think you need to give him a rest from yeah, time to time. He's, he has he's been an ever present. I think I don't think there's been a game that he hasn't started this I season. The, I think he is the only player that started every Premier League game. Is that right? Yeah, I think I think he is. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, at some point, you know, kind of an started issue. his part. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. yes, but the featured, so that, that's kind of an issue in itself, isn't it? Yeah, but you anyway, need him the rest, and especially if you want to use him in the derby as well. But he hasn't, he, but he's, but he, I just, I'm like, he hasn't given him a rest so far. I, I just don't, I just, I don't, I don't see what's any different about this week. Do you know? 
I can't see I can't see Nunez playing through the middle and then passing up the opportunity to play Gakpo in his favourite position and where he wants well, to play. Well, he did it last week when he and the week before, whenever fucking Nunez and Gakpo were on the pitch, he passed up the opportunity to do that. So what do you mean? But but he didn't play Elliot. He didn't play Elliot left wing. He played. He kept Gakpo in the centre and Nunez on the left. So yeah, but, what what I'm what I'm saying is, if you want Nunez through the middle for this game for whatever reason, regardless of what the long term plan is, and let's be honest, he's going to have to adapt, and he's going to have to um just distance himself from his principles a little bit in the way he did in the COVID season with Williams and Phillips and dropping the line right the way back, and it may just be worth you know okay, this isn't the long term plan, this is a bit of a blow, it might set us back a bit next season, but just get Gakpo playing on the left for a month, um, get him doing what he's doing, he'll get a couple of goals, get a couple of assists, might get us a couple of extra points that we need. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but I think if he was going to do that, he had two opportunities to do that with Nunez and Gakpo on the pitch at the same time, and he he declined. So I can't see him yeah. playing. I'm just I just can't see him playing Elliot left wing rather than play Gakpo. Right. Left. So here, but here is the other question then, and just before we wrap it up to the both of you, if you're Jurgen Klopp, right, you're the manager, and you're looking at a Cody Gakpo. It's there's one space left in the team. It's left wing. You're looking at Cody Gakpo. You're looking at his performances. You're also considering the fact that he's never played left wing for Liverpool. And you're looking at Harvey Elliott, who has scored two goals in his last three games and scored the last time he was where we're going at the weekend. What do you do? I don't I don't think Elliott's um, having much of an impact on the left wing. What's he doing getting the byline and whipping across in? He, um, he scored from the left wing at the weekend. Wow. At the weekend against Brighton, he makes a gr- he, he makes a great run across the pitch. And, he, and, he's, and it's a good yeah, finish. And he has he has actually. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose he does. I could honestly, and I just have to I thought he played midfield at the weekend. So yeah, we go. no, do you know? So, the, 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 and this is this is where I'm coming from. If I'm thinking, if I'm Klopp, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going. To play this fella who's not been really having an impact out the left hand side, they're going to put Dorman through the middle. I know you scored two in your last three from two different positions in the pitch, but you're on the bench, kid. And given everything we know about how Klopp feels about Elliot, I just cannot say a word of which that happens, regardless of price tags, reputations, age, experience, profile, whatever. You might be right, but I still reckon he plays. Gakpo through the centre, Darwin on the left, and Salah on the right. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see, regardless of what happens. I doubt it's going to be very fucking enjoyable watching. It rarely is at Molyneux, and it rarely is with the Reds these days. So, until next time, up the fucking Stefan Bichette's Reds. <laughs>